organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book, you are in the right place. At the right time to learn how to write your book. Hi, I'm Joyce Glass. And I'm Sherry Lynn Bisbano, and welcome to The Right Hour, nonfiction tips from The Right Coach team. We are so glad you joined us today. Welcome to episode 1103 of The Right Hour. This season is all about using the power of story in your nonfiction book and to market your book. It is always inspiring to hear the story of fellow writers and how they develop their career. Today's guest, Lacey Boggs, helps writers learn how to use the power of story in marketing their book. I know for many writers, marketing is a huge struggle. It's always been a struggle for me, so I completely relate. You've written this fabulous book, but you don't know how to connect with your potential readers. Lacey Boggs is a content strategist author of the best-selling Kindle book, Make a Killing with Content, and the director of the Content Direction Agency. She helps small business owners build their program or practice with content marketing. To learn more about Lacey, go to the show notes of this episode. All right, welcome to this episode of The Right Hour. I'm so excited to have Lacey Boggs with us. How are you doing, Lacey? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Wonderful. Well, Lacey and I met in a group called 20K Nation. We're in together. And so I'm excited to have her here because we realized we have very complimentary businesses. And um, she is someone that you'll want to get to know because as a writer and just wanting to help you market your book, you're going to know want to know what she knows and how she can help you. So tell us a little bit about you and your journey into writing, Lacey. Well, I have been writing pretty much since I could hold a pencil. I've been telling stories since before that. So, um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I wanted to be a writer my whole life. uh, And I remember when I was in eighth grade, I had a beloved English teacher and I told her I wanted to be a writer. And she told me that, was great and that it was really hard to be a writer. So I should have something to fall back on. And so um, I actually took that and ran with it. I thought I would be a TV journalist. So I got into the TV and video magnet in high school. And from there decided I wanted to be a filmmaker. And PS, by the way, it is not easier to work in film than to be a writer. (laughs) But tell that to 17 year old me, you know, So I actually went to film school. I have a degree in moving image arts um, and tried to work in Hollywood. That didn't work out. And so from there, I went back to my love of writing. I I worked in PR for a little while, and then I got jobs as editors of um, specialty magazines. So I did travel magazines for a while, and then I was the food editor at a hyper-local magazine here in Colorado until I got pregnant and didn't want to work 60 hour weeks and 3 a.m. deadlines anymore. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. And struck out on my own. And so I went freelance for a while. And then I realized that my niche could be ghost blogging, which is what my company does now. We help business owners create the content that gets them seen, heard, and paid. Mm. Um, so we, we do ghost blogging for other people's small businesses and other types of content marketing and copywriting. Yes. And what is the name of your company again? The Content Direction Agency. All right. Awesome. 
Well, how do you help writers? Because I know that that's actually part of what you do with your agency. Yeah. So we've had a couple of um, authors and, and uh, thought leaders. Thought leaders and authors are two two types of people we love to work with because uh, you guys have a, a wealth of knowledge in that brain thing of yours and you need to get it out there in order to sell more books. And so part of what we do is help. Um, so just because you're a writer, just because you're an author doesn't mean you are a content writer or a content marketer. <laughs> So we help you figure out how to put out content that will help sell more books without giving away the farm, right? Because that's something I see that authors run into a lot is they're like, I don't know what to blog about. I need to be writing my book. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And that that's the thing, like you said, um, just because you can write doesn't always mean you can write content. And mm-hmm. um, content marketing is a little bit different. And it is something that a lot of writers struggle with because if that's not your flair, that's not your genre that you're used to, um, it does take a little bit different way of thinking about, about mm-hmm. the writing. Mm-hmm. And so it is good to have someone like Lacey on your team, even if she just does a little bit, you know, to help you out because, um, as she had told me one time, you know, one of her authors, he, he got, was it a six book deal? Four books. Yeah. For the financial times. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he had to be writing. He was on deadlines. He didn't have time to be out there, but you don't, you, you know, just because you get a project like that doesn't mean you stop marketing. You exactly. You'll have to market. Writers need to market while they're writing their book. So how can they use story in their marketing? Because this season we're talking about the power of story. And I know that that's something you're passionate about too, is helping people relay their story. So how can they do that in their marketing? Right. So marketing is a story, right? There's a beginning and a middle and an end. We A customer is on a journey when they are considering buying something from you. So they start out at a completely unaware place. Maybe they don't even understand that the problem they have is the one you solve. And then you educate them, you move them along that path until they're like, yeah, that's what I need. Take my money. I need your solution, right? I often talk about um, content marketing is like putting rocks in a river. If you imagine your customer or your client or the person who's going to buy your book on one side of the river and the sale is on the other side of the river, content are the rocks you throw in to get them from one side to the other. Now, if you just throw them all in willy-nilly, it's going to be really hard for them to get to a sale, right? If you if there's not enough of them or they're not spaced close enough together, it's going to be hard. And they're just going to roll off down the river, never to be heard from again, right? But if you put in the right rocks at the right frequency, close enough together, then it makes it really easy for that person to go from being just somebody in your audience to becoming a customer. So that's kind of what I mean when I talk about marketing as a story. You know, what is their story? They're the hero, right? The customer is the hero of of your marketing story. You are like the Gandalf. You're you're the mentor character. Um, you're not the hero. <laughs> so when you're writing your marketing story, if you think of it that way, um, you can say, what do they need? What questions are they asking? How can I help educate them? so that they understand that my solution, whatever your solution is, is the right one to answer their problem. Whether that solution is like 
for a fiction book, I need entertainment. I need a particular kind of entertainment. Or if it's a nonfiction book and you're actually solving a literal problem for them, um, either way, it works out. I love that. I love how you said taking them on a journey with you and that they're the hero and you're just this guy, you know, um, that is a great way to think of that because you just, you want to help them along and people are more receptive to a guy than a, someone going, I have the answer. I have the answer. You need to listen to me. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> Too often in marketing, people think that they're the hero. We, we think that as the business owner or as the author or the thought leader, that we are the hero of the story, but we're really not. Um, we're just Dumbledore. We're just, <laughs> we're just the mentor. There you go. Well, what is a common mistake you see writers making in their marketing? Yeah. So, uh, the most frequent thing I hear from authors is that they don't know what to blog about, or they don't know what kind of content to be putting out there. Um, and I think this is especially true with fiction authors because they're like, what, what am I going to, so probably the biggest uh, mistake I see authors make is that they talk about the how of writing. So they'll, they'll, they'll write posts about what they know, which is how to write. Um, so they'll say like, here's how I make a character or here's how I do a, a scene or whatever it is. The problem is that your audience for your book are not writers, unless you're writing a book about how to be a writer, right? right. But most of us are not. So we're, we're making the, the mistake of speaking to our colleagues instead of speaking to our customers. So you actually have to take a step back. It's true of all of us that it's easier to write how-to content, right? Because we know how to do something. We have, that's our career. That's what we're doing. So it's it's much easier than to say, well, I'm going to write how to write a book or I'm going to write how to whatever it is. But sometimes that's not the content that your ideal customer needs. They might need why to. They might need, why do I need to read this book or be inspired or be entertained or, um, you know, be educated in something else mindset, for example, around solving a problem. Do they need to be educated in what their real problem is? Um, you know, if you, if you're a nonfiction author, a lot of times people think they have one problem and you know that they have a different problem. And so you have to close that gap before they're ready to buy your book. Right. Right. I love that. And I've, um, one of my uh, favorite authors is Hallie Bridgman. She, I love how she markets. I don't know if you've ever heard of her or read any of her stuff. No, I don't think so. Um, she actually self-publishes. And what she has done to complement her fiction is she loves to cook. She has cookbooks. And so like, she has Harry Crocker um, for uh, it's Harry Crocker cooking or something like that. Um, all of her cookbooks are a parody title of, you know, some other fiction book or movie or something. Fun. And so that makes it really interesting. And that's an interesting way she brings people in. So on her blog, she has recipes and stuff because that's something she loves. And she'll, like, if it's a book set in a certain era or location, she'll have recipes that go with that. So I thought that's a neat thing to do. And um, it, and I'll put her link in here too as someone to, to look at her marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, because she does a lot of her book marketing really coordinates well with what with her fiction writing. And it, because I know for fiction writers, it is hard. It is hard. It is really hard. I think, I think um, 
I think of writers like um, John Green has a really huge mm-hmm. following to his blog and and his social medias, and he has taken a different tact where he really has conversations with his followers. And um, I don't know if they still do it, but he and his brother used to have a YouTube channel and they would talk about things. Um, but that made it so that people, his followers desperately wanted to read his books when they came out. Um, another person that I think of is, are you familiar with Rainbow Rowell? I'm not sure I'm saying her last name right. No. Um, she wrote a book called Fangirl. That was literally about a girl writing fan fiction. And there was so much she talked about on her blog and so on about the story that all of her fans were like, we have to hear this. We have to know the story she was writing fan fiction about. So then she wrote two more books that are the story she was like, it's very meta, but she created this whole, I I know of several fiction authors who have written books in response to fan demand that was happening on their on their blogs, um, which is really cool when you can have that kind of, um, yeah, that is cool that, that the fans like, Hey, this is what I need. Yeah. I want to know the rest of this story. And exactly. I know I have finished book novels and I'm like, but what about this? Mm-hmm. What I need to know the other story. Yes. You know, really what happened here? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a good book when it keeps you going and it keeps you thinking like, Ooh, well, what about this and what about that? You know, so um, it makes you want another book or want to know more about another character kind of thing. So that is. Yeah. There's another indie author I know of. His name is Sam Sam Starbuck. Uh And he actually uh, publishes online the first draft of his novels, or maybe not the first draft, but, you know, a draft. Uh, And then (laughs) feedback from his audience before they, he then he self publishes. So um, people can read the whole novel first and give him feedback of where, where there's holes or what they want more information on. And it's almost a co-creation process. It's really cool. But then he does just fine when they go to publication as well, because people want to have it. They want to hold on to the thing that they helped co-create, which I think is very exciting. Well, then, and that's smart. That's smart marketing because then also they're invested in that project Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they've been a part of it. Right. I like that because same kind of thing with um, David Mike. He blogged his book, Mm -hmm. um, Dishonor, and it's about his story. And, but when it came out, everybody wanted it because it won the whole thing, you know? Yeah. And we've been on this journey with him for two years because he blogged about it for two years mm-hmm. before he was, it was actually ready to, for publication. So it, it was, it's smart marketing. It really is. That's actually how I wrote my business book. Um, my nonfiction book is it, it's a, a lot of the content I would say is taken from my blog posts that I then, you know, edited and synthesized into a body of work, right? Because blog posts are sort of, disjointed. They don't necessarily um, follow a big grand plan. But when you have several years of a back catalog, it's pretty easy to find themes and edit them and create, you know, the transitional material so that then you all of a sudden have a book. (laughs) Exactly. So tell us a little bit about your writing time. Do you have a consistent time that you like to write? Or is there something that's worked for you? Something that didn't? You write daily? Yeah, so I do a lot of writing for my business, obviously. So for my clients, um, and I tend to have 
I've blocked out my calendar so that I have delivery days versus like sales and marketing days. So for example, today is a sales and marketing day. So I have calls all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like Monday, Wednesday, Friday are my more like I need to be head down in, in my writing. I find that it's difficult for me to, for example, be writing something and then have to stop and take a sales call and then go back to writing. Um, it's, it's difficult for me to get in and out of it. And I, I also have discovered um, that sometimes when I'm writing, I don't look up for two or three hours and I miss a call, miss an appointment because I'm just so deep in it. So I've tried to separate the days that way. Um, that's for my business writing. For personal writing, it's sort of like I try not to push it because I do so much writing in my daily work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just have to wait for the fiction to come. Um, I did do NaNoWriMo last year and I did win win NaNoWriMo. Um, but I think that was a fluke to be perfectly honest with you <laughs> because um, I, I wasn't doing as much writing for work during that month. It was kind of a slow month. Um, so yeah, I just, I tend to schedule my work writing and I actually find it's a lot easier to write for other people. I don't hit writer's block as often. Um, something about it, I guess I'm probably one step removed from the material. So it's a little easier for me to, um, to just crank it out, you know, just do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. Um, I think having a plan is also really important. I never sit down for a client and have like page fright because I know exactly what I'm going to create. I, I know there's nothing like I'm not creating from whole cloth ever. I have a plan that I'm working to that the client and I worked out ahead of time. So it's never like, Oh, I have writer's blog. I don't know what to create because we have a, we have a plan. Yes, that does make a difference. But and as I said, having the days is perfect because I do something very similar. Um, you know, I have my t- writing times is in the, supposed to be in the morning. Did not work that way. But <laughs> <laughs> mornings I block out for that, and then just Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays afternoons do I do podcast interviews, mm-hmm. calls, that kind of thing. That way, it keeps my schedule where I have time that I can just focus on writing or on my client work, whatever it is that I need to do. So that's a perfect way to do that. Um, And for those of you that you're trying to find your rhythm, you know, just my whole thing is be intentional. You know, Mm -hmm. if having certain days doesn't work for you, um, you know, figure out what, what does work for you certain times certain times of the week are better or Saturday mornings better for you if you're still working, you know, mm-hmm. um, those kind of things is the best way to just figure it out, but be intentional and plan it out. And I, I know for me, if I plan out my week, I am more likely to get those projects done than if I start the week and go, uh, what do I need to work on? This week? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I have it, and if, if you just break it down to little steps, like, hey, I'm going to work on chapter one, get the first draft done, and that's your main goal for the week, then that's it. It's one baby easy step to do. Um, and then the next week, you know, whatever it is, work, edit chapter one or research for chapter two, that kind of thing. So I love mm-hmm. that you, you do break that up. And, and we all have busy lives. And so there's always going to be something that doesn't go just perfect, but you just keep plugging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep plugging. Cause I doubt if every Monday and Friday work perfectly for you, you know, you get 
everything done just right. Yeah. No, no. And uh, you and I were talking about before last week that um, we both try not to schedule appointments on Friday because Friday is my catch up day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a perfect world, Friday is my thinking time and my big picture planning and dreaming for my business time. But in a more realistic world, it's the day that I catch up on things that I didn't quite finish <laughs> the rest of the week. So I like building that white space into my calendar. I also, um, this may or may not work when you're writing a book, but I, when I'm blocking out, okay, I have a project I need to work on, I actually double how long I think it will take. So for example, if I think it will take me an hour to write this blog post, I double it. I put down two hours in my calendar because that way... If it takes me an hour and 15 minutes, if it takes me an hour and 30 minutes, I still have some wiggle room. And if it takes me two hours, that's okay too. But that way I'm not um, scrambling. So I actually, it's like I trick myself, you know, I was like, okay, I think it'll take an hour. So I'm going to block out two hours just in case. That's an excellent point to make that giving yourself that extra time, because that's what something that I've had to learn. I, you know... My husband told me for years that I always tried to cram too much into a day. And until like, it was about two year, two or three years ago, maybe four, I started actually like blocking out time on my calendar where I could mm-hmm. it on Google calendars. Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh, I really can't get all it. Cause I There's now really not enough hours. Yeah. I, I've done all of my stuff long enough to know about how long it takes me to do things now. And so I look at it and like, okay. Well, I might need more than two hours, but at least I'll get two hours in on it today, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I can kind of manipulate my schedule, figure it out. And there's some days that I'm like, I need to do this, this, and this. And I start putting it on the counter. Go, hmm, that is not going to happen. <laughs> I want to sleep today. <laughs> right. Right. And I've always been very intentional about, um, you know, I started this business to be home with my daughter. So especially when she was littler, um, it was very important to me to have, you know, this is business time and this is family time. So in the eight years I've been doing this, I've never worked more than 20 hours a week on average. And so I really have to be very mindful about how I'm scheduling that time right, and, and where it's going. Right, because your time's a premium, and so mm-hmm. when, and I think that's the thing too. When we, um, our time is sacred, like that, and you are trying to, you know, do other things, whether you're working another job or you have a child that you're trying to exactly. take care of. It is being mindful of that, and you can. It's that whole you can actually get more done than you realize on some way, in some cases too, if you plan it. Right. You know, just being, like I said, the whole thing, being intentional you know, with with your time because you'll eventually get that project done. And you can, once after you write a while, you'll know, hey, it takes me about an hour to write a chapter or two hours to write a chapter or get a thousand words in, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And you'll kind of, you'll be able to gauge, okay, to get my chapter like totally written, it took a week. And then it took me another week to edit it. So I want to write 10 chapters. Well, that's going to take me 20 weeks because mm-hmm. chapter I'm taking two weeks on. So you can think it out like that. And I like being able to think it out. And then you can set that goal, you know, hey, mm-hmm. 20 weeks, I'll have my first draft done really good as best as I can. It'll be ready for the editor and we can see what, what it needs from there, you know. Right. 
Well, what words of advice and encouragement do you have for writers who are struggling to write their book or maybe they've never written a book? Yeah, it's so interesting. I think, um, I think if I were going to distill it down, it would be that you have to kill your perfectionism. Um, because, you know, I said, I've been, I've been writing since I was a kid, but the first time I tried to write an original novel and finish it, um, I worked on that book for 10 years. Oh, wow. And it wasn't until, now I did have get married and have a baby and move cross country in that amount of time, but I was still plugging away at it. (laughs) And it wasn't until I hired a book coach that I finally got through it. Right. And I finally finished, finished the draft and had a full length book that I had written and blah, blah, blah. And then literally that same year. So I think I finished it. I want to say in like March or something of that year, that same year, November rolls around. I did NaNoWriMo and I wrote a whole book length thing in a month. So I went from doing 10 years to a month. And I think really the only difference is that I gave up wanting to write my staggering work of heartbreaking genius, right? I gave up my perfectionism. I gave up saying, this has to be the best thing I've ever written ever. And it has to be perfect. And it has to be the great American novel. Like as soon as I let myself off the hook on that, Mm -hmm. it was a hell of a lot easier and more fun to write. Oh yeah. I mean, my, my business book that I wrote (laughs) happened very oddly because, um, I had a mentor who was filming for creative live. I don't know if you're familiar with that website, but they do courses and they, they film them live and then they sell them afterward. So she was, she was doing a a class about how to write a book and she asked for people to come be in the audience and I got chosen. So I flew to San Francisco, got to be in the audience for this class. Only then did I realize it was how to write a book in a week. <laughs> and as the producers were there, they were like, so we're really excited. We want to promote your book that you write. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so I ended up not actually writing it in a week. I took a, a month, but I wrote a, an 18,000 word business book that was a bestseller on Kindle and still makes me about $200 a month doing absolutely nothing to market it. So it can hundred percent be done. Yeah, And it's all about removing those barriers like to perfectionism. Because if you're like, this is the only book I'm ever going to write and it has to be perfect and it has to be a bestseller and it has to be my heartbreaking work of staggering genius, you're going to get stuck. <laughs> yeah, because that, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. A lot of pressure. And that's something I talk about a lot, a lot is when you're first writing that first draft, whether it's novel, nonfiction, just get it out just get the ideas out and then you go back and make them pretty because those are two different activities. The creative writing sessions are a totally different aspect of your brain than the editing side, which is your analytical side of your brain. You know, Mm -hmm. so you want to make sure you're not doing both at the same time. That's where your perfectionism stalls you out. It exhausts you. You get, you know, a lot of doubt, I'm never going to get this done. I'm not the right person for this. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. it won't be good. Nobody's going to read it. (laughs) You know, you start all that self-talk because you keep, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. (laughs) And if you let go of it's not perfect, that's what editors are for. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be perfect. 
Right. If and you've ever read a bad book, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. That <laughs> stuff gets published anyway. <laughs> exactly. And so you want to make sure that you hire an editor. But don't worry about that until after you've written it and you go back and you, and take classes, you know, learn the writing process. Um, what I teach my clients in the TWC Writing Club and my Write My Book Bootcamp course it's the same concept, just different ways of teaching it, is there's a process. And if you follow the process, it's, it makes it so much easier and simpler, and you you let go of that perfectionism. So that's an excellent tip to let that go, because I, I hear it a lot. I mean, I have, um, I know one, and there may be two in the group now that's in the TWC Writing Club, that she spent a year on her first chapter. And I was like, a uh, year? <laughs> like, you could have written 12 other chapters <laughs> since then. And you've been t- tinker- tinkering around with this one. And when we, we talked about this very thing, she was like, oh, my goodness. This is so much easier. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> it's so much easier. Mm-hmm. So definitely great point. Well, Lacey, it has been wonderful having you here today. And I appreciate it. We'll put all your links in the show notes and you can learn more about Lacey and her business in the show notes as well. So um, thank you and have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Right Hour. Our goal is to help you achieve your writing dreams. You are one step closer to write your book. Learn how to get the book out of your head with the four steps we teach our clients. Sign up for the free email series at therightcoach.biz. The link is in the show notes. The four steps help you clarify your focus, create and organize your content, and complete your book. We share tips on the writing process, and you can download the writing planner to track your progress. Don't let fear and overwhelm keep you from writing your book. It's time to write your book.